The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everyone, this is Russell Cox, editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication, and today I am joined by Stuart Biedenbow, City Manager for the City of Aiken. Stuart, how are you today? Russell, I'm doing real good. Thank you for having me on today. And and you are joining us from the beautiful new City Hall in Aiken. That's right. We are in a refurbished uh, building um, that we moved into in April of 2022. Mm -hmm. Uh, The building was built in 1930, originally for use as a hotel. Mm -hmm. In the 1960s, it transitioned into a bank. And then uh, the city uh, purchased it, or excuse me, entered into a contract to have renovated and some minor demolition and reconstruction for use Mm -hmm. as a new municipal building in Mm -hmm. uh, in 2019. And we moved in April of 2022. It's just such a beautiful building with a lot of character, but it's got all the modern amenities uh, inside the walls. It's a brand new building, but the facade looks just as glorious as it did 90 years ago. I, and I know when when you get that nice new space, at, at the beginning, everyone is just over the moon at how well it fulfills the needs. Oh, very much, Russell. It's, it's just been a nice morale boost for employees. Uh, the building we moved from was a grand old building herself, but mm-hmm. uh, it um, was starting to show its age, and it had a lot of limitations just due to the fact it was a converted fire station. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it will see a new life uh, in some other form or fashion very soon, mm-hmm. we believe. Well, before we wax too poetic about this project, we're actually here to talk about a different project. We Absolutely. Are, <laughs> I'm excited. We are here to talk about the one that won the City of Aiken a 2022 Achievement Award from the Municipal Association, won in the Public Works category for this award. And this one, as I understand, a, a solution to stormwater issues, which many of the people listening to this podcast will be very familiar with. Stormwater is a a major issue, any part of the state, coastal, inland, no matter. And the really astonishing thing about the City of Aiken's project, the extraordinary scale of this project, it's a huge project. Absolutely it is. And I, I have to say, it, while it's not new technology in the U.S., it mm-hmm. is a new approach to stormwater management in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this project, Russell, goes has its roots back in terms of the problem back into the 1950s. Hitchcock Woods, which is a 2,100-acre urban forest adjacent to our downtown, Mm-hmm. Uh, sits at a low spot. Obviously, as we know, water always flows to its lowest spot or uh, gravity takes it there. Um, over time, as the city of Aiken grew and development occurred, more hardscape stormwater infrastructure, additional stormwater infrastructure was built. Mm-hmm. And um, in the 1950s, a very large pipe was put in mm-hmm. that over time, took what was then of what what some old timers described as a ditch into a cavern a canyon mm-hmm. not with 90 foot tall walls 
And that was just mm. not a sustainable model. And also being that the stormwater was coming, uh, it was within the stormwater basin. It was damaging the environment and the uh, owners of the Hitchcock Woods were very concerned and the city mm-hmm. and the woods uh, worked very hard to try to come up with a solution. But like a lot of things, solutions can be easily identified as coming up with the funding. Mm-hmm. And that took quite a while. Everything from potential threat of litigation to just conflicts between the two boards, city council and the Hitchcock Woods Foundation board mm-hmm. uh, made this uh, a project that took quite a while to come up and agree on a solution. So it's it is a adaptive control system. So could you help us understand exactly what that is as a as a stormwater solution? Absolutely. Um, what this does is, as I mentioned earlier, the problem is not one of volume of mm-hmm. water; it is velocity. As uh, so, this adaptive control system. What it does is, there is a large series of underground vaults that mm-hmm. have been constructed and are um, under the surface, and it traps the water. Mm-hmm. And the water, the timing of the release of the water is done with technology. Certainly, when this project was, or when this erosion was first identified. Mm-hmm. The technology used either was very much in its infancy or did not exist. The way the technology works is there's electronic communication with the National Weather Service. And as the forecast over the next 72 hours is monitored and analyzed, if the forecast calls for minimal or no rain over the next 72 hours, water will be released at a slower rate. Mm-hmm. However, if the forecast calls for a lot of precipitation over the next 72 hours, let's say, the water then will be released at a faster rate. So there will be space to capture water that will be coming as a result of a weather event. Mm-hmm. So the technology is there. The ability from a cost standpoint to maintain the system is there. And again, this is a very unique problem given the amount of erosion that had occurred over the years. So it did require a a large solution, but certainly depending on uh, another jurisdiction or municipality's uh, stormwater needs, it in theory could be a good solution for other municipalities to consider if uh, you know, stormwater detention ponds sometimes have their own issues. They can be unsightly to look at. They can attract, you know, insects or critters that you may not want to see or, or have to deal with from a pest standpoint. So this system is one that is uh, very unique for South Carolina. And part of the reason, too, is the Hitchcock Woods Foundation, they are wanting to, uh, the woods has always been viewed as um, just by the general public. It's always been open to anyone from daylight to dusk. Mm -hmm. But because it was originally owned by folks with an equestrian background, the perception was always there that if I don't own a horse or if I'm not a member of the equestrian community, I'm not welcome there. Well, mm-hmm. they want they do want to be more welcoming. So this is serving as a gateway 
for the woods for people to use. You can use it to jog, hike, or ride a horse in. You can't ride a bike or a motorized vehicle, but you can mm-hmm. walk, run, or uh, ride a horse in. And they want to be uh, more welcoming to all people. The other thing, which is, uh, I guess, a in an odd twist, the erosion uncovered an inclined plane related to the first railroad, the Best Friend Express, which oh, wow. ran from Charleston to Hamburg, South Carolina in 1830. Mm-hmm. So we've got the inclined plane. Uh, we've had archaeologists come in the Sand River due to the erosion and uncover a lot of that device, which was used due to the topography. The inclined plane, uh, folks, uh, they had to uh, use a system of ropes and pulleys to maneuver the uh, train down the slope and up the mm-hmm. slope, depending on the direction it's going. So they want to market. Uh, they want to highlight that as well from a tourism and a historic standpoint. So that's a side, an unexpected side benefit mm-hmm. uh, from the erosion. <laughs> However, the main thing was uh, the mitigation of the stormwater problem. The vaults involved that I've seen the photos of, the, the size of them seems quite extraordinary. How, how large are we talking? Oh, it's the size of approximately 20 football fields, uh, Mm -hmm. all of the vaults. It takes up uh, several acres of property uh, along South Boundary Avenue on either Mm -hmm. side of the roadway. And yes, the the concrete vaults had to be prefabricated and precast off-site in North Carolina. They were mm-hmm. trucked from the Charlotte area to Aiken. There have been over 700 deliveries of the vaults and related material and equipment uh, since the project began. And that has been uh, just a uh, just a marvelous engineering feat to witness. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. it's I can imagine. So you mentioned the partnership involved of working with with the Hitchcock Woods Foundation on all of this. Can you tell us more about how all the partnerships involved in this effort worked? Absolutely, Russell. Uh, This is a good example of a community partnership where two groups or multiple groups that maybe initially were at odds Mm -hmm. sat across the table from each other and worked towards a common shared solution. Our mayor, Rick Osmond, uh, formed the Hitchcock Stormwater Task Force in 2016, and I had the the honor of uh, being the main staff point person on this project. The the project consisted of four members from the Hitchcock Woods Foundation and four two members of city council and two citizens who... uh, sat across the table from each other for about a year and a half and worked on a solution. First, we had to agree on the source of the water in terms of the percentage source of who was responsible. And then we had to put out a request for qualifications for a consulting firm, an engineering firm to work with us to help us come up with a solution. And we did select the firm McCormick Taylor. Uh, They have an office in Columbia. They were the ones that came up with the idea of the vaults. But 
the conversations, some of them very difficult. At times they were uh, not pleasant, but <laughs> they, the groups talked through the problem and realized that this action was necessary. It, it was not a cheap solution, mm-hmm. but it is a long-term solution for the drainage bait, this particular drainage basin, which empties into Hitchcock Woods, one of seven uh, stormwater drainage basins that empty into it, uh, mm-hmm. actually. Everything important in municipal government, getting it all to happen can create some difficult conversations, certainly. It can, and um, uh, this was a good example of folks starting off on either edge of the continuum and working their way to the middle for a shared solution. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, uh, in hindsight, when you think about it, a wonderful thing to see. It showed good community cooperation and community spirit and thinking long-term and looking forward. Yes, uh, the problem was identified and responsibilities were taken. However, the main thing is a solution was um, identified, agreed upon by all sides, and implemented. So could we turn now to how all the funding for this quite substantially sized effort came together, how all the funding worked? Oh, goodness. It was a myriad of fun funding. But yes, Russell, the funding for this started with uh, money set aside. Uh, the Aiken County has had a 1% capital project sales tax since 2001. Mm-hmm. In the 2004 referendum, the city set aside about $4 million uh, for Hitchcock Wood stormwater. And then in 2010, the second round of capital project sales tax, another amount was set aside for this project. Mm-hmm. So we're going back a long ways before the, the construction actually started. It was uh, 16 years money began to be collected before it was uh, spent on this project. Hmm. Also, the city has stormwater, uh, a stormwater fee, as do a lot of uh, municipalities. So uh, we have, we were able to borrow uh, from the state revolving fund, some of the funds, and Mm -hmm. we're using stormwater revenues over the next 30 years to pay for the project back. Pay, mm-hmm. pay the project, pay for the project, and pay back the state revolving fund. We also received a DHEC grant for the project, and uh, some of our ARPA money was dedicated for it. Mm-hmm. Some hospitality tax funds, because state law recently changed, I think in 2021 um, or 2020, sometime in the last two years, mm-hmm. uh, the state law was amended to allow stormwater projects for tourist-related uh, items or tourist-related places. Uh, you mm-hmm. can do stormwater projects. So it was uh, a number of funding sources and also money we have dedicated for our roadways because mm-hmm. there is a South Boundary Avenue, a city-maintained road bisects the uh, two locations of these vaults. So some of the road work that has to be redone was um, paid for from those funds. So it was about five or six funding sources, Russell. When you say a myriad of sources, that is definitely the case. Um, So absolutely. 
The construction construction has been ongoing in 2022, and I the the video the awards video shot in May had had the partial um had the partial vaults in, in some of those shots. So, and I do not know the answer. What is the the current state of the construction? Where do, where does everything stand? Sure, it is still on schedule. It's on the. Um... Uh, we're on sort of the so-called back end of the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, we expect the project to be substantially completed in November 2022. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hope uh, every Thanksgiving day there's a uh, Blessing of the Hounds event uh, for Hitchcock Woods to for fox fox hunting. It's just a longstanding, unique tradition in our community. We, we should have uh, pretty much everything but maybe some, a few punchless items complete by then. Mm-hmm. So the projects run remarkably uh, to date very well. Really know uh, sometimes with these large scale projects, you have some unknown unknowns, as they say, that may crop up. And to date, we really haven't had any of a significant uh, nature. So I'm I'm curious when when everything is coming together, the adaptive control system is in place and it's running off of those weather reports. Will it require input from any person at a computer monitoring it, or, or how does that work? Oh, yes. Yep, it will. Uh, there will be some human interaction, absolutely, to make sure that it's operating as it's supposed to. But uh, for the most part, it will be automated. But certainly the human input for the controls in terms of how it will know when, what to release at what velocity and when based on the weather forecast. That can be mm-hmm. adjusted as needed. But yes, it essentially can be fairly automated, Russell. Okay. So we've we've talked about where everything has been historically going through going through this November. So I could ask, what would you say is next? for stormwater in Aiken, for Hitchcock Woods, for all of that? Sure. Well, uh, as you noted at the top of the podcast, Russell, stormwater issues are going to be with us as long as we have a utility infrastructure. And there are a number of projects that are going to be on our table for stormwater as it relates to Hitchcock Woods. That's There are seven drainage basins which empty into Hitchcock Woods. This was the one that by far had the most issues. But, you know, we're regularly uh, doing improvements and, and upgrades to the stormwater infrastructure to uh, minimize or abate any uh, erosion that occurs in the woods. Um, mm-hmm. but, but as far as this particular basin, at least in my uh, work, Working time and probably for a number of several decades plus, this should um, really uh, eliminate the need to do major major projects in related to stormwater caused erosion in Hitchcock Woods in this drainage basin. Okay, so for quite some time now, everyone, every city, every town who wins one of these achievement awards and we we're having this conversation i pose the same question to all of them what would you say that other cities and towns across south carolina can learn from this this quite unique project that has happened in aiken in this case 
I would say, well, first on a very general note that could be analogous to any project or any problem that a community faces. There is always, if you're willing to sit across the table from uh, another individual or another group to where uh, if one person, if you're on different ends of the continuum, there is always room for negotiation and uh, negoti a negotiated solution. Mm -hmm. This one, again, was a 60 plus year old problem that threw a lot of uh, discussion, frank discussions, sometimes heated discussions, but necessary will lead to outcome that everyone will benefit from. Mm -hmm. And that would apply to any of these as it relates to um, stormwater and stormwater issues that a community may be having or a city or a town. I would say that this is a good solution. Again, it is scalable. But if you have property where you want to, again, this is going to be a gateway, an entry point into a magnificent urban forest, mm -hmm. a stormwater pond. Yes, it would work, but it would not be very attractive for, or what you want on a gateway. If, if aesthetics and or uh, elements like that are a concern, this is a viable solution and, again, is scalable to some extent. Yes, it's more expensive than the traditional put in a detention or retention pond but again sometimes uh, facts and circumstances call for something at a higher a higher level or a higher grade type project and this one certainly did absolutely absolutely the municipal association has been promoting civility and local government as a great virtue this year you talk about the the difficult but necessary and ultimately productive conversations that came out of this it certainly sounds like that in action yes it very much was while yes uh, it was not um it was not a, a, a sunday school conversation uh, all the time Mm -hmm. um, yes, it ultimately was kept civil and professional, but again, um, it was needed and necessary in order to work through and uh, come up with the right solution. Mm -hmm. And uh, gosh, it, resolving 60 years of this being an issue, which is quite something. Yes, very much so. It illustrates, uh, again, those of us that work in local government as uh, hired staff and elected officials know some problems can be solved with one phone call, one vote, or one mm. um, email. Other problems you're going to work on and hand them off to the next elected official or the <laughs> next engineering director or city administrator. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if we are starting to wrap this up we've, we've covered everything i had to cover is there anything Stuart, you would you would add in addition to everything we've said about this this project so far no i mean i think we've done a good job covering this at a high level but we're certainly uh pleased if anyone has any comments or questions of a more uh detailed or granular nature they mm -hmm. can certainly contact me at the city of aiken and we'll be glad to work with them, uh, uh, depending on their level of specificity required. All right. 
Well, I can say for anyone who wants to learn more about any of the Achievement Awards, including the the City Vacants Award, um, or who wants to brainstorm for the 2023 award submissions, uh, you can find more about all of the award-winning projects. We have videos on all of them on the Municipal Association's website at uh, www.masc.sc and search for the keyword Achievement Awards. Well, um, Stuart, thank you so much for joining us to talk about all of this. It is it is quite a lot to go over. It is, and um, again, this is, uh, again, I think when I look back on this, the the teamwork that it took and the shared solution is something, uh, you know, our jobs, Russell, uh, we're, we have one foot in the present and one foot in the future. You don't really have a lot of time to think about the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I do think about how we got here with this project, it does give me where I derive the most satisfaction is uh, how we, uh, we, we work through this. Um, mm-hmm. by, we both wanted to find a solution and we were able to get there. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you again. Hey, Russell, always good to talk to you. And uh, thank you for all you do. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.